The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her. And she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. I came across a story the other day uh, about a sea captain. He was a very fine captain who came to have a reputation for making excellent decisions in very difficult circumstances. He was known, however, to have a rather puzzling habit. During a crisis, he was seen to be walking to his stateroom very calmly, opening the safe that was there and taking out a piece of paper looking at it carefully for a moment and then putting it back in, closing the safe, walking calmly back to the bridge to make a decision, usually a courageous one that needed to be made. Well, this captain died after an illustrious career, having reached the top of his profession. And after his funeral, when he died, his crew, who'd been curious for these many years, to know just what was in that safe. What was it that was there? that he needed to see. And so they watched with bated breath as the first mate opened the safe. And indeed, there was a small, crumpled piece of paper, well used. And on it were written the words, port left, starboard right. In a life full of storms and chaos, It is wise for us to keep coming back to the very basics, the basics of things that keep us on course. And interestingly, even though the captain seemed intent on keeping this slip of paper a secret, on it was information that everybody already knew. And so it is with us. I've read that Jesus, as presented in the Gospel of Mark, is something like this captain. He seems to want to keep a number of things secret. He tells the demons not to speak about him. He tells people he's cured 
not to tell anybody that he's cured them. And he even tells his disciples not to tell anyone that he's the Messiah. Now, this curious aspect of the Gospel of Mark has been called the Messianic Secret, kind of a fancy name for it. I think Judy may have mentioned it last week in her sermon. Uh, People who think and write about these things have had a variety of ideas about why this might be so, why Jesus would want to keep these things secret. And one one line of thinking is this, that Jesus didn't want anything to get in the way of his mission, which was to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God, the good news of God and the kingdom of God. Now, of course, healing was a part of that message, a very important part of that message. But in a world not unlike our own, Jesus feared that people might get distracted by the apparently quick fix of a healing and be distracted from the primary message that the kingdom of God was at hand and that discipleship in this kingdom, while leading ultimately to life and to life abundant, This path passed through hardship and death first. He didn't want people derailed from the deeper spiritual path by a physical healing. He was not interested in being hailed as a wonder worker, but rather in having people hear the message that he had brought. Now we see a little bit of this in our gospel passage today where his disciples find him where he's been he's been praying all night. He's tried to or in the morning. He started in the morning. He's trying to kind of replenish himself and stay centered. And they come to him, in essence, demanding that he come back to Capernaum for an encore. And if you, apparently the Greek under this, you know, they're hunting for him. It's more than just their hunting. They're demanding that he come back. There's a, an, uh, a, a, a bit of kind of annoyance and um, impatience with him. Why aren't you where we need you right now? And he says, well, I have other places I need to go, other places that need to hear the message that I have. So that's one reason for the Messianic secret. Jesus didn't want people to be derailed by the healings. Another reason for this so-called messianic secret was that in the time of the composition of the Gospels, and particularly of the Gospel of Mark, the early church needed a way to explain why so few followed Jesus while he was still alive, uh, before the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because let's face it, during his lifetime, Jesus was a failure. His mission ended at the cross. His earthly mission ended in the cross. And while Jesus most assuredly would have cautioned potential followers to uh, be aware of the costs of discipleship, the way Mark's writer puts this together, that is really, really emphasized. The secretive aspects of these warnings are really uh, highlighted, perhaps uh, definitely more than than in the other Gospels. In any case, so this secret the way this thinking goes, is that it was meant to kind of uh, explain why Jesus didn't get more people following him during, during his life. Whatever the reasons for this literary feature, Jesus is clearly not very good at keeping the demons from talking about him, and uh, for that matter, convincing the humans that he heals uh, to keep mum about who he is. And he is misunderstood. As most scholars believe the original ending Mark provides is highly ambiguous in keeping with this uh, theme of of awareness of suffering that Mark has. 
Um, the original ending is very abrupt. You may have seen in your Bibles that there are actually two possible endings that scholars are pretty sure have come later. But the original one has no reassuring resurrection appearances by Jesus. Simply a description of women at the tomb, alarmed by the angel they find there, leaving the tomb in terror and amazement and keeping silent out of fear. Now, as I was musing on these passages, it's sometimes uh, a mystery to me why the Spirit may lead me where she does. But as I was thinking uh, that here we are in Epiphany, which is, of course, the season where especially the church is meant to tell abroad the news of who Jesus is and what his message is, that somehow there seems something ironic about Episcopalians hearing a gospel that seems to be telling people to keep their interest in Jesus a secret. Um, we have been known by some as the frozen chosen. <laughs> there may be some irony here in uh, having a gospel to pick Jesus as someone who's saying, don't tell anyone about me, okay? Unflattering, but perhaps understandable. We've not been known for our evangelistic efforts as popularly understood and we've not been particularly known for our interest in healing however there are countless individuals in this congregation and I dare say throughout our denomination who walk the way of Jesus who have knowingly trod the way of the cross because that's the way that Jesus walks and who have experienced healing as part of being a part of this church, whether or not they come forward for prayers, particular special prayers for healing during the Eucharist, and people who in their deeds and words have given away the secret that keeps them steady during their storms. For us, perhaps there are two aphorism, aphorisms that we are particularly good at holding together as Episcopalians. One of them is attributed to St. Francis. Some of you may know that we have a beautiful rose window in the chapel that features Francis. If you haven't seen it, you might make a trip to go see it. It's absolutely beautiful. This uh, first aphorism is attributed to St. Francis. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary use words preach the gospel at all times when necessary use words and the second aphorism or uh, passage is a passage from scripture that is equally as important it's from the first letter of Peter it goes like this through thick and thin keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always do that with utmost courtesy. I think we're good at holding those two together. And in this way, we continually share with the world. We share with the world. The secret of salvation, the secret 
of staying on course in a world full of storms. Amen.